Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Fred Von Ox from Bearded Villains. Listen to the Punk Corner every Thursday at 5 o'clock. Hey fellow fit nerds, this is Monica Ellis with Superheroes Nutrition. So I'm here today to let you know in terms of maybe getting in shape, you love superheroes, you need a change in your life, I really want you guys to check us out. We have an Instagram, it's Superheroes Nutrition. I'm Wonder Woman on there um, and I'm here to set the example for individuals who need a change in their life. Everybody needs some motivation. Everybody needs some inspiration. Check out our page. We have superhero workouts. We're going to be launching um, a brand new fit kit pretty soon. And we have a YouTube channel. So please check that out. Um, my email is monica at superheroesnutrition.com. So like I said, if you're looking for a change, you want to get fit, and you need some extra push in the right direction, then this is the cert- uh, certainly the place to get started. Thanks so much. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's Connor Justice of the Inland Empire 66ers, and you're listening to the All Angels Podcast.
Hey, what is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags along with Daniel Garcia. And this is another edition of the All Angels Podcast for the week of September 14, 2017. Live from Halo Haven headquarters here in Riverside, California. Uh, big hello to you people on YouTube. This is a baseball, by the way. It is a baseball. Um, but uh, we're back again for another edition of the podcast. So um, we've got a lot to get into. We had a lot of viewer, uh, not viewer, well, yeah, viewers. I guess if you guys are watching this on YouTube, but we had a lot of listener emails, a good handful of them. And uh, we're going to go over the weekend review. We're going to go over, uh, obviously, some things that happened in the last few days. And... Um, we had a, another poll question, so we'll get into that as well. So let's jump into the weekend review. Uh, Dan, do you have the numbers on the win-loss record? Yeah, the Angels? Um, short week just because they had two off days. They're off last Thursday when we record the podcast and then Monday again. So you're only really looking at uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's They dropped three of four, or no, two, two of or three, three from Seattle, and then they split so far with... Uh, the Houston Astros uh, yesterday and today, or yesterday and uh, Tuesday. Yeah. So you're looking at like a two to two and four or two and three. Mm, and that's not gonna get it done, guys. Uh, usually when we record a podcast, it's on a Thursday, and they've played what six games more or less. Yeah. With the seventh game being played, that when we do the podcast, like they're doing right now, and in all honesty, the Angels need to be. And six games, maybe four and two, even five and one. Right. Because you know why, guys? You know why? Because Minnesota does not flip and lose a game. Right. And you got to play at Minnesota's level or even better to catch them or even pass yeah. them. So I hate to say that it was a horrible week, but there was some bright spots. Right. Um, uh, if you want to get into it right away, I mean, what was, what was the, the bright spot for you? Um, I mean, Probably we can go some of the starting pitching. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess starting off with, the first Houston game on a Tuesday when it was Verlander versus, versus uh, what was it, Richards. Richards. You know, Richards got up to five innings, which you want to see him get extended a little bit, which was great. Five five innings, one run, you know, um, four strikeouts, but I think more importantly, no walks. Right. Um, it's just, it was a 1-0 game for, for everyone that didn't see it, so it was kind of disappointing to where we were talking about it, and I text you, I think that was probably one of the better pitched games overall. Mm -hmm. By the Angels, you know, this whole season going from pitching to the bullpen. Um, but, you know, you ran into a bus all Verlander, and you, they showed why they picked him up, and what they gave up for him was, like, three of their top ten prospects, and they showed why they wanted him so bad. He was able just to mow down the, the Angels left and right. right. But, you know, Richards, cool. taken away from just Richards' aspect, um, again, getting stretched out the five innings, only gave it one run. You love seeing that coming, on, you know, only off his uh, – Second, second start, start. especially against a team like Houston, too. Right, exactly. They have big bats, so mm -hmm. that was a plus. And then you follow up with the next day with with Skaggs last night, oh. uh, Wednesday night, seven yeah. innings, three hits, no runs, five strikeouts, and one walk. So again, um, the starting pitching did really well in that game. The offense woke up yeah. and were able to give them some kind of support, which was great. So um, you know, between Richards and and Skaggs, if those guys can continue to build, that'd be a great one-two punch for the Angels to use for the um, down for the stretch run. So, you know, um, again, Richards, maybe next week he, or next start, he'll get stretched out to, you know, six, seven innings maybe. Right. Seeing how it goes. Um, but, yeah, so I think for the bright spot in that little time period between, you know, last podcast and now, I'd say those two guys are definitely the um, the bright spots. Yeah, I'm going to agree 100%. I mean, with the, the offense kind of slowed down in a few games. Um, obviously, I mean, with a guy like Verlander, 
when he's dealing like that, there's nothing you can do. Right. Um, but there was a few games where the Angels just the offense didn't come through in situations where they should have. So the obvious bright spots for me are is a pitching rotation. Skaggs and and Richards really showed up. And I'm gonna uh, just go ahead and read this question that was emailed to us on our our uh, podcast uh, email which is allangelspodcast at gmail.com. And I'm going to read it because it has to do with what we're talking about. This is from Duncan Healy. Duncan says, good afternoon. I'm positive uh, you get this question often, so I'll try to change it up a bit. The rotation, the way it is now, can, it, can that be a solid rotation moving forward or has the ship sailed on guys like Richards and Skaggs? Are those two pretty much at their peaks? Now, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say if they're at their peaks because... Guys like Richards and Skaggs have been injured so often that it's like we haven't seen what they're capable of doing. But if the last two nights are any indication of what they can do and do it, and if they do that uh, consistently, then the Angels' rotation is set not just from now, but in the few years, you know, next two, three years down the line. I don't think the ship has sailed yet. I have said before that I'm not going to hold my breath on Richards because it just seems like every time I'm like, cool, cool. We got him, we got him, something happens. So it's almost like, what's what's that saying when you aim low and, and sh what is that? Set, set your... Uh, Standards low. Yeah. Or, I, you know what I'm talking about. That's where I'm at with Richards, where it's like, I'll expect take... Expect the worst, but, or uh, plan for the worst, but expect the best. Yeah, like yeah, that. if, hey, if, hey, just what he did the other night, he pitched great. One one run to the Houston Astros. Um, and the way that run scored, too, let's talk... It, it was a hit up the middle. Guy advanced to second. Next guy, what? Got a hit or something? Yeah, like it was. That? It was. It was literally no sacrifice fly or something like that. Yeah, it was. It was about like two or three base hits. You know, wrapped the middle, um, back to back to back with two outs. With I think. two outs, yeah. So it wasn't or whatever it was. Um, well, Tuve laid down a perfect bunt to get right. down the base. Yeah. And then the next two, uh, next one went up the middle, and then the one after that, I believe, went up the middle, and that's when Altuve came around and scored. Yeah. So you know, it wasn't like he was giving up hard hit balls. He wasn't giving up home runs. He wasn't giving up. You know, doubles in the gap right. or anything like that. Um, it was something that where it just you know, if it goes up the middle, if it's able to go up the box on you, then you know you kind of tip your hat and say, "All right, you got right through the middle." It wasn't again. He has such good stuff that it's hard for these guys to get solid contact on his, you know, on a slider, on his fastball when it's moving. Right. So you know, stuff like that happens where you know you're you're going to find a gap. It's right. just a matter of time. But you just kind of hope in that case where he does have such a great outing that your offense is able to produce, you know, maybe two, more than one, yeah, run. two, three, two or three runs. Right. But, you know, but just from the pitching aspect, if you don't look at the the offense or anything like that, it was definitely a a bright spot in the week. It was. So I'm going to read another question because this all pertains to what we're talking about. I I don't want to go back to it. Um, it's from Edward Vizcaino, and he say, "What's up, guys? Uh, found a new found a found a podcast about my Angels. Yeah, I'm on board." He said, so obviously it's a sample size, but how impressed were you guys to see Richard's performance the other night? To me, he looked great, looked loose, relaxed, fastball was moving, slider was nasty. How long before we see him get pushed around 80 to 90 pitches? Skaggs last night looked impressive, especially against a high-powered offense like Houston. Same question, how long before we see him hit the 100 pitch mark? What do you think, Daniel? Again, with, with Richards, hopefully they push him a little bit further to his next start. Um... They haven't come out and said what the cap, or what the innings, or the pitch count's going to be for the, for Richard's next start. I'm guessing they'll announce something probably within a couple of days before his before his next one. But I, I would like to see, you know, like same thing we're saying. Like it would be great to see him go six seven innings um, next week. Depending, you know, if he's giving up runs left and right, then yeah, you probably want to yank him a little bit quicker. But if he's pitching the well as well as he did this last 
outing. Yeah, I could, I, we would love to see him go seven innings, eight, uh, mm. six innings. Skaggs, uh, last night, seven innings. I mean, for starting pitching, if you can get seven innings, yeah, you would love to get a shutout. But um, the score the way it was, there's no reason to put him out there when you don't need to. I mean, I understand if it was like a 3-0 to zero game, 2-0 to zero game where it's still, you know, a, a base hit and a home run can change the whole dynamic of the game. But mm-hmm. it, you didn't have that. So yeah, seven innings, I think, again, if you were to ask anybody – Will you guess? Will you, I'll give you seven innings guaranteed Sign right now. Yeah, you'll take it no matter what. So I don't think that the distance between Skaggs and the hundred pitch count, like I don't, pitch counts are great, but you know you kind of want to see them if they're efficient and they get through seven innings. There's no reason to stretch them out right now, especially with the bullpen playing as well as they did. Um, you know, you have some of the guys. Um, that have been brought up for the September call-up that, can, for that exact so they can eat up those last couple innings yeah. when you don't have to worry about it being close. So again, um, could he have gone longer? Yeah, I'm sure if he wanted to go longer, he could have. But the fact of the matter is he didn't need him to. So, you know, um, but the Skaggs thing was great. Richards, you know, hopefully you've seen it improve. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I like you said, um, it, it's just a matter of the situation. Like you said, if it's a 2 nothing game, and we need him out there, and he's, he Skaggs is pitching the way he pitched last night, then you keep him in the game. Right. And I'm going to go to the next email question. It's like we're going to read them off. It's all the same kind of question. So uh, this is from Rob Lastings. He said, thanks for reading my uh, mail last week. Okay, so here it goes. I'm seeing a lot of negativity towards Mike Sosha, questioning every move, like, for instance, removing Skaggs from the game last night. I feel like it was a good move. Why waste Skaggs bullets, right? What's your guys' take? Obviously, Dan just talked about it. My take on it is, yeah, there's no reason to keep Skaggs in the game. Nine nothing. The the Astros had taken out Jose Altuve already. Right. I mean, we have like a mass change where you, you see the other team kind of okay throw up the white flag right. and it's like you know we'll play for 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 tomorrow night. And there's no reason to keep your guy out there. And you know something could happen. A ball up the middle, clips his knee or you know anything, anything like that anything. could happen. Yeah. He. Cranks down on a slider and he hurts his elbow because right. it's the freaking eighth inning and there's no reason for him to right. be out there. Right, it's just no... Um, yeah, if the game was a closer game, then I understand, you know, letting him stay out there and, and, and get you another inning. You I, know? Yeah, and going back to the like, he brought the whole social thing, people giving social stuff, but I think that's just been a thing overall for the past, you know, five, six years about the whole social. Is he's his time gone? Is Should they move on? Again, the same thing with... I tell everybody is look what he's dealing with right now. Yeah. He, he is a makeshift um, pitching staff for the most of the year. He they're finally getting their guys back, finally being able to put a rotation where they probably thought at the beginning of the year this is what was going to happen with Richards, Haney, Skaggs. Um, you know they probably didn't expect a, a Bridwell to be up there, but hey, you know that's yeah. that's a plus. So with the whole social thing, people just like to look at the wins and losses, and I understand that, but sometimes you have to go a little bit deeper and see why they win, why they lose, what's going on around the situation, not just, oh, they lost, okay, let's fire the guy. Well, and, and I'll, I'll touch on that with, I understand a lot of the frustration, a lot of the moves that he makes, you know, sometimes they backfire, and you're like, why did he do that? Okay, yeah, we're fans, that's what we're supposed to do, but, and I'll go back to it, and I've said it a bunch of times on social media networks, I've said it on the podcast before, um, who are we going to get that's better right now? Unless we buy out the contract of Joe Madden, unless we buy out the contract of uh, Terry Francona, there's nobody better than Mike Sosa that can take this team to where, to what they're doing right now. Name me a guy that the Angels can get right now if we fire Mike Sosa that'll do a better job. That's 
within the realm of us getting. Like, who can we get that's going to be better? And I know there's a lot of social haters that'll be that'll say anybody, but that's not the case, guys. I mean, if we would have had, you know, a guy like Darren Erstad, like a, a rookie manager, like a lot of people, I've I've heard names like Darren Erstad, Tim Salmon, you know. These are rookie guys that probably would not be able to handle the situation that was thrown in front of Mike Sosha at the beginning of the season. You know, losing all the guys that we lost. You know, losing Mike Trout for a month. Right. Put puzzling together <laughs> players on the team, giving a guy like, like Bridwell a chance, and you got to give Epler a lot of credit oh, for yeah. these guys. Bridwell was a guy that Epler went and got off waivers. Um, J.C. Ramirez. Well, no, J.C. was already on here, but I'm talking like uh, what's the guy? David Hernandez. We we picked him up. He ended up getting traded, but he was a valuable part Blake of the Parker. rotation. Blake Parker. Um, Petit going out and getting um, Cameron Maben, who filled in great for the Angels for that brief time when when Mike Trout was hurt. But then he also went out and made a trade for Justin Upton, picking up a guy like Brandon Phillips. A lot has to be a lot of praise on my end to not just my social, but Billy Epler. And for some reason, these guys keep getting hate online. I understand. I mean, each fan has their own set of, you know, their thought process, and that's okay too. But we can't always just look at the negative. You got to look at where we're at right now. And if we didn't have those guys that we have on our team right now and the management behind that team, we wouldn't be where we're at. Yeah, I mean, kind of like the last thing I'm going to say about the social for tonight is you look at his angel career as a manager, you know, this is his 18th year. That's you know, insane. Depending on how this season goes, you would think you would hope the angels would finish above 500. So um, saying that they do, out of 18 years, he's only finished at 500 or below five of those 18 years. That's and that's you know, and and with the insane. with the winning percentage right now for Sosha at um, five forty, you know you'll take that. You that gives you a chance. You're always kind of in the mix. Yeah, you might have a uh, seventy four and eighty eight season like they did last year, but for every like for every one season of that, you're going to get a eighty five win, an eighty nine win, an eighty six win, a ninety eight win uh, season. So. To want to ship him out just because of you know a small sample size of three or four games that people don't agree with his moves for the bullpen or leaving the pitching in there too long or whatever you know to me it seems just kind of foolish and jumping the gun. It it is and like I said, fans we invest our time, our heart, our money into a team. We have every right to be upset, to be happy. Each person is different. Each person is their own fan. You know, I'm not the guy that's at the stadium going, let's go Angels, starting to chant. I'm not a rah-rah guy. I sit there and I watch a game and I cheer when they score a run. But I'm also the same guy that's going to be really pissed when they don't lay down a bunt to sacrifice a guy right. over. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be there. I'm not a quote-unquote, like, uh, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. But I'm not that guy. I'm not that fan that just sees rainbows and sunshine right. all the time either. And so. same thing kind of going back to personnel. If you don't have the personnel to lay down a bunt and sacrifice to do it over, then you can't do it. Yeah. So, so you know, it is what it is. So, another... I, I would I would say this is kind of big news. Um, I think I might have tagged you guys on it, Chris and Daniel. Um, JC Ramirez, slight tear, he, may require. I don't. I think he did the stem he cell. He did the thing. same thing that I think that Richards did. Hopefully that worked. That's pretty bad. Uh, it sucks. Uh, the guy led the team in wins. I think he still does. Yeah. Um, was you know I think a. He's never pitched more than what he's pitched this season. Mm -hmm. I don't have numbers in front of me, but J.C. Ramirez is done for the year, and it seems like Andrew Heaney might be done too for the year, right? You, know, I haven't heard anything about Andrew Heaney. They're kind of playing that one close to the vest, right? But um, yeah, so J.C., you hate to see the guy, uh, you know. But the good thing is he is only 29 years old, 
So worst case scenario, yeah, he misses his 30-year-old age season with the, with the Tommy John surgery, but that still gives him enough time to get back. And if if he wants to be a starter, if they need him as a starter, they can still work him in that starter role. If by then they have the kind of setup they think they're going to have with uh, with Haney, Skaggs, Tropiano coming back, Shoemaker coming back next year, then he'd be a great guy to have in the bullpen. Um, but, you know, it, it's unfortunate to hear. Um, also, Myers was shut down. I yeah, believe he's going to miss at the 18th season also. Tommy John? Uh, yeah. No, labrum. Mm. Shoulder. Okay. So, um, again, with, with pitchers, you never know how they're going to bounce back or something like that. But uh, with the Angels, you kind of hope you get those pieces back next year and they're able you know, to, you know, knock on wood, stay healthy. So, um, see how it goes. See how if they're able to bring someone up or get someone uh, a number four or five starter in free agency because I think what you're seeing with Richards right now and, and, and Skaggs a little bit, they can be maybe a one-two guy. Haney can be a three. You can have competition for with Shoemaker and, and Bridwell for like the four and five spot. Right. Um, so, I mean, they have options if everyone stays healthy and, and going into spring training next year. So, you know, it's unfortunate to see, but it's good to know, too, they have kind of guys they, they waiting. Got, yeah. They got, they got. I mean, Tropiano's coming back. Um that, that's season. one guy that... That's still up in the air about Yeah, yeah. it's just like, let's see what... I mean, we saw glimpses of how good he could be, but he's been hurt and we haven't been able to see what he can do. So that's another guy that we have as a backup, as a, okay, this guy can fill in. This guy might be starting the rotation. Um, I think Nolasco is still maybe, might be under contract right. next year. So that's another guy that's going to compete for the fifth spot in the right. rotation. Right, I mean... You look at, no. I think people have their mindset about Nolasco as far as like, oh, well, he opened up the season, so he has to be our ace. And look what he's done as an ace. I'm like, mm. he was never supposed to be the ace. He was just a guy that was healthy coming out of spring training pretty much. Right, right. So it's kind of, who do we start? Do we start Nolasco or do we start some guy that we never heard of? So let's just put him out there. Right. Because, you know, there's only one opening, really one opening day start, and it doesn't really matter who does it. Because right. people are all going to go through the starts and stuff like that. But, you know, Nolasco, if he's your fifth starter... You know, you might take it and just, you know, he's yeah. a good starter. It happens. Yeah, people need to get off that he's an ace thing because, I mean, the only reason he didn't – he started that game was because Richards had gone over his pitch, his innings pitched in spring training. And look what ended up happening anyway to Gary Richards, you know. Uh, he's not the ace of the staff. Um, yeah, he's given up a lot of home runs this season, and I understand that. Um, there's been games where he actually came through really well. So, right. but there's that's a lot of inconsistency there. But that's why you use him as a fifth, a fifth star, guy. A fifth yeah, star, exactly. a, a fifth guy can give you ten wins in a season. That's you'll great. take that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'll take five. You know, ten wins from a fifth starter any day of the week. You know, right? Um, ten wins is that's double digit wins. Yeah. Um, and it's going back to uh, Andrew. Uh, he is supposed to throw a bullpen tomorrow um, at Angel Stadium. So. Depending how he uh, reacts to that, they're hoping to get him to start again next week. Again, it's going to depend on how he feels after the bullpen session uh, Friday. So that's a, that's a wait and see. Because it's just, they're, they're saying it's just uh, shoulder uh, impediment. So right. whatever that, you know, the fancy words. A little blip, lip blip yeah. on the road. Um, okay, so now talking about the offense a little bit, we talked enough about the pitching. A guy that's kind of been coming around is Brandon, Phil or Brandon Phillips. Uh, I mean... Deja vu yesterday, he had a double down line. I'm like, oh, hopefully he scores. But looks like he's been getting on base. I, I don't know. I have numbers. You're the numbers guy. But seems like yeah. he's been getting hits lately. Yeah, I mean. In the last four games, three games, four games. Yeah, it's kind of up and down. He's only batting 260 right now okay. since since he joined the team. But that 
uh, Tuesday night game. That was his first extra base hit as an Angel, though. Right. So, I mean, hopefully that's kind of the momentum that pushes him over the top. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's average. I mean, he's not doing great. He's, uh, like I said, 260 with a 275 on base percentage and only three RBIs. So, you know, he's he's, he's producing. He's I think he's more of the the glove than, yeah. than the bat right now. Yeah, uh, you know, saving games with the glove. Upton's producing. Seems like he's been getting an RBI every game almost. Yeah, six um, RBIs in the last, and since again, since he's joined the team, his first home run last night. Yeah, so it, that's the kind of production that we need from a guy like Upton. That's what we brought him in for. Bat behind uh, Mike, hit in front of Albert that scored some runs. Obviously, the last couple games until last night, we were kind of, I think they were set on the broadcast on TV, we were averaging about two runs per game uh, in the last, I think, four or five games. I don't know what it was. Sounds about right. Um, two runs per game isn't going to get it done. Um, I don't know. Uh, we have a tough schedule in front of us. We talked about it in the last podcast. Houston right now. Uh, Texas coming in. Texas, for whatever reason, gives us hell. And then we got Cleveland coming in, who, by the way, won their 23rd? 22nd. 22nd straight game tonight. That's insane. And then a team in Chicago that we should kind of handle, but those games kind of scare me as well. So the offense needs to pick it up, get rolling quickly right Right. now. Um, I don't know who your bright spot is as far as offensively in the last four or five games. Or what we need to do offensively. I mean... We need to get on base and score runs, bottom line, take care of, of opportunities. Yeah, I mean, position. that's the biggest thing is, is getting on base and having opportunities. But going back to your the schedule, um, you're right. Okay, we got three with Texas, three with Cleveland, four with Chicago, three more with Houston. I believe that's at Houston. And then the last three, Seattle. Uh, Seattle. And then flip over to the twin schedule. Um, they're in a series right now with the Blue Jays. Then they're, going, then they're playing in New York. Um, then they have set, not in a row, but I think they have like four with Detroit and then three with Cleveland and then the other three. So they have seven total games with Detroit left and Detroit's not very good. They're, you know, obviously we got, we got Mabin or not Mabin, they, we got, uh, Upton, uh, Houston got Verlander, uh, Arizona got AJ, uh, JD, or Martinez. J- JD Martinez. So obviously they're selling people left and right. So again, so you look at the schedule, remaining schedule for both teams. So the last 16 games, combined winning percentage for the Angels is 523. You look at the Twins, combined winning percentage is 509. Mm. So again, that's going to leave the Angels with some work to do with a tougher schedule down the road. You would hope you'd be able to sweep a bad team, Chicago, because again, um, Texas is hovering right around that 500. They're one game below 500 right now, but. Besides Chicago, everyone they're playing is above 500. So right. Seattle, Houston, Cleveland, you know, Texas is around. Where Twins, um, Detroit, and, and the Blue Jays, so that's 10 games right there with of teams that are not above 500 or at 500 at all. So, yeah. again, you know, Angels have to have some work to do in, in, in that process. That might be a little harder. And, and more than just teams above 500... Seattle and Texas are rivalry games. These, these guys play us hard all the time. Mm-hmm. They want to flip and beat us. It seems like we play extra inning games with these guys all the time. Even when we played Oakland, it was like, oh, my God. Like, we're playing Oakland. What the hell is happening right now? But these teams play us rough. You saw the series we played last against Texas was, like, two extra inning games. Might have been even three. And all, like, one-run games where we Angels had to come back and win. And, I mean, gosh, 
my heart couldn't take it anymore and we got to pay him again so now down the line you know down the stretch here this schedule is not easy for the angels at all by far chicago is like i was talking about those games that we play against teams like chicago we should win seem to scare me a bit because maybe they go in there thinking ah oh, we got this we got this and they end up playing bad right and those are those are teams you need to take care of business with um yeah i and but in all honesty that, that we need like you said we need to sweep chicago take the series three games because like i said before minnesota is not freaking losing and that's the biggest problem the angels have it they just don't freaking every time i see that they won they won right. they won and then the Padres didn't help us out at all. 16 right. to nothing, and they walked them. off. So it's just like, all right, well, you know, what do we get? Nothing the Angels can do there. You, you got to win your games. You said it before. Take care of business, you know. I Aside aside from that, I don't even know what else to say about that. You yeah, know? I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to be, a, again, right now as we talk, the Angels are still two games out of the wild card. So theoretically, they're going to have to put together some kind of streak. I mean, if they can repeat what they did at, in around the beginning of August where they put like five or six together, they're yeah, going to need to they're, they're, they're going to have to do something like that to to really project themselves into that second uh, second playoff spot yeah. or wildcard spot. So, yeah. you know, it's not impossible, but if you were to ask me to bet my rent money on it, I'm probably not going to take that bet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, it's possible. I think I saw something on Twitter where their projected like percentage of making the playoffs was at down to nineteen percent. And mm. last last week when we talked, thirty two percent. Yeah, it was around thirty two. So time's running out. You know, um, you only have so many games left in the season, and now it has that kind of playoffs feel where you're going to have to start winning these games, start winning these series. You know, three a uh, two out of three or, or three out of four every all the way out because. You know, you lose, you're going to lose a spot in the, in the in the standings, and there's not enough games to make it up in the back end. Yeah, that's it. Just sucks that we don't we don't get a chance to play Minnesota at the, you know in these next few games because at least then you pick up two games. You know, you, right? It's just like flip, let's go. Yeah. You know, um, but you're looking at the scoreboard scoreboard watching right now, and I'm sure the Angels are too. They're like oh, Minnesota won and, again, and and part of it too is that when they did play Minnesota, they didn't take care of what they needed to take care of because. Out of uh, seven total games against Minnesota, you know, throughout the year, they've only they only won two of those. Mm. So you know, when you look back at it, if you get a split or even win a series, you might be tied or up on them right now. So yeah. you know, you don't you look at those mid you know early June, mid July kind of series, and you kind of like oh whatever. But sometimes those come back and bite you. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> Uh, every loss now, you're looking back at it, you're like, oh, we should have won that game. Oh, we should have won that game. You could go look back at early bullpen woes. Yeah. Um, but we'll save that for the end of the season because right now, obviously, we're still in it. Two games back. Um, not sure if Minnesota played today or Yeah, they won. played today. They played uh, the Blue Jays. Yeah. Did they win? Uh, don't know as of right now, but wouldn't <laughs> I'm, put it, I'm like, wouldn't put it past them. But. 80% chance that they probably did win. So. Angels right now, as we're, as we're recording, at down two to one. Um, they, <sighs> two two bottom tenth for the Twins. Oh, I'm sure they'll pull pull it out. Damn Twins! All right, so moving on now. Um, let's get into the uh, the poll question of the week, Daniel. Yeah, kind of going back to what we were talking about a little while ago was, um, you know, it's been a couple weeks now since the trade um, for the Phillips Upton trade, and I just, you know, Phillips is or not Phillips Upton's kind of had his issues in the outfield. Um, watching the game, I believe it was on Sunday. 
day game or a pop easy pop fly you know i don't know he said later on that he heard voices or whatever and fell so maybe think you know looking back at it how would people feel about the trade now you know so it was easy do you love it hate it or too early to tell so 71 percent of people loved it still love it you know 29 percent of people say you know it's still too early to tell and no one hated it which i agree there's no reason to hate it at this point but i lean more towards it's too early to tell whether or not this is going to work out for for the angels or or what because for everything that again upton you know batting 268 with a home run and six rbis you know he's not a threat on the base pads which at certain points you would like to have that threat kind of work how maven was um not sure maven would have been doing as good on base wise um but you know there's there's a little give and take with everything uh, i think phillips is definitely an upgrade at second base i just you know I don't think the May the Upton and um, Maven splits would be that much different right now if they held on. I lean towards the love it only because I felt like the Angels did not did not give much did not give up much to get these guys for one, and secondly, um, just the presence that Upton brings in the lineup, like just his bat, just him being in the lineup alone makes the Angels lineup a viable threat. Like oh. It makes pitchers think, oh, crap, I got to face something. Um, they didn't have that with Maven. Now, I loved it, too, also because you pick up whatever's left on Phillips' contract. He's, he's done. Um, he's gone. Upton, he might be gone. Yeah, that's going to be up to Maven, him Maven would have been gone at the end of the year, too. The Angels would have had to have re-signed him. So it's just, it, it, it was a just win-win on my end. Like They upgraded instantly just going by numbers alone. And they went out and, and got a bat in, in Justin Upton that is a, a threat in the lineup. And if he stays and, and wants to stay in this opt-in, obviously the Angels wanted him. And I'll take 30 home runs a year and 100 RBIs in our, in our lineup, 280 batter in our lineup any day of the week. So to me, that's a win-win for me. I loved it. Um, the too early to tell, I, I get that point of it too because they've only had, what, two weeks maybe of us them yeah. playing with us. So I get that too. No reason to hate it. Um, what was the percentage again? Uh, 71% loved it, 29% uh, too, too early, early to tell. tell. Chris, where were you on the on the matter? Uh, I loved it, actually. See? I love that uh, who, his uh, Twitter handle, Dat Dude. I like Dat Dude. I like what he brings to the team. I like his energy. There's something you can't put a number on when it comes to that. Okay. Um, so I think that team needs more personality. You have Albert Pujols. It's kind of boring. <laughs> you got, you know, Cole Calhoun, Simmons, you know, Valbuena. They have a little energy, but I think we need something in once we lost Maven. So. Luis is uh, is a bit of a character. Let's talk about what happened yes. last night. Yes. <laughs> now, everybody knows Luis Valbuena. Bat flips for everything. That's Cowboy. just who he is. Batflip. Batflip, bat right? Top fly. Batflip. Bat Joey Bats. Luis Mabuena. They should freaking start some kind of like little group. But anyway, last night he hits a home run. Smashed it, by the way. I mean, that was the hardest ball hit I've heard. Like, man, it, just the sound off the bat was beautiful. And he did this epic Batflip. Now, Mike Fierce, Fires? Fierce, I think. Fierce, so, whatever his name is. Took exception to it, stared him down as he rounded the bases. Next at bat, very first pitch ball just sails right above his head. Um, 
got a warning, next pitch. Luis hit it just as hard. Uh, I tweeted, I don't know if you guys uh, read my tweet that I tweeted. Uh, uh, let me get to it real quick because I thought it was pretty, I thought I found it pretty clever. I'm not trying, I'm laughing at my own jokes, but I put, I put something like Mike Fierce, here it is where it is. Um, Fierce throws behind Valbuena to prove a point. Yeah, point proven. He hit it just as hard the second time. Right. You know, and then uh, and then you texted me today or texted us today and said five game suspension for Mike Fierce. Yeah. Now, a little bit harsh. I yeah, five games is a lot. Um, he's a starter, so he's only gonna miss one. He's not even a starter though. He's oh a, really? He's a he's a spot starter. But like I, I was talking to Chris earlier. Um, you know, yeah, the game you can see it as a game like oh you know. Um, it's only one star. It doesn't mean much, or it's not even a star for him because he's a spot starter. But at the same time, he's still missing five checks, five game checks. You know mm. what I mean? So I mean, if if you're gonna suspend a guy, and this is, was it too harsh? Was it not too harsh? I, I don't know. I just don't think Major League Baseball is consistent about it because you'll see guys actually get hit with the ball, right? And they'll get like two games, right? You know what I mean? And then, yeah, granted, he threw it over Valbuena's head, but it was like six feet over Valbuena's head. It was, you know. I'm you know supporting it or, or or saying no i didn't mean to do it like it shouldn't matter your your actions are your actions so i don't get why people are saying well if you came out and said it slipped it got away from me blah 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 and even though everyone would have known his bs he would have got less games i'm like it still doesn't change the the actions that he did so I, that's my kind of thing about it. like i don't like the whole beanball bullshit or whatever you know i think that's old and outdated but you know i, I just what do you think about the bat flipping? Like, take an exception. Oh, I don't care about that. You don't want to get bat flipped on? Don't give a home run. <laughs> that's what I Nick mean. That's Rojas that's that's how my thing is. Is yeah. that don't give up a home I, run. I think, and you kind of saw it more toward this year, especially this year with the WBC before the season. You saw a lot of those Latin countries, the Venezuelans, the Puerto Ricans, the um, Dominicans. They have that kind of flair. They have that kind of um, kind of what Chris was going back to. The personalities, and I think honestly, with baseball and the reasons why they're kind of scuffling with the younger demographic, is is because there's not a big personality out there. Yeah. Everyone agrees inside baseball, Trout's the best player, um, but he doesn't have personality outwardly to draw people in. Right. If you're a baseball fan already, yeah, you're gonna pay attention to him. But if you're that casual fan that maybe watches two or three games per per year, there's nothing about Mike Trout that's gonna pull you in. Because of his personality, right. So I think with these little bat flips and able to enjoy the game a little bit more, you know, maybe that helps baseball draw in a younger crowd. And Luis's bat flips are epic, and like yeah. we talked about, it, he bat flips for a single up the middle right. or a dribbler down the line. It's bat flip. You know, it's just Luis's personality. Uh, you would think Mike would fierce would would know. Right, it. Yeah. Come on, dude. Like you know. Um, but th what a great way to just pay him back by just smashing And the that's the biggest ball. thing, too, is, is you know, there's no reason. I don't like throwing the beanball because I, I do think when you do hit a dude, that's kind of is going after him. You know, if that ball, if you try to hit him in the back and it slips and nails him in the jaw, 
Now you're risking the guy's livelihood. You know, that's why I don't like the whole beanball going back at him. If you have a problem with his bat flip, you know, don't give it up. Yeah. Don't give it up. And if Make a good pitch. Yeah, if you're still mad about it, the next time he comes out, strike him out. Yeah. And then when you strike him out, if you want to say a little something, um, then say a little something. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Maybe that will turn a, a, a okay rivalry into a, a great yeah. rivalry. You know? I like that flair, that, that passion little... Yeah, know. and you see that with... Um, with Middleton, especially during that Dodgers series, he struck out, um, I don't remember if it was Seager or Bellinger, but he struck out one of those guys and he was pumped and they didn't like it. Well, guess what? Put some put some wood on the ball and, and get a base hit. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about it. So yeah. I think baseball players, just in general, if you look at all the major sports, are kind of the most sensitive when it comes to like, oh, the you showed me. The unwritten rules of yeah, the game. Yeah, I think that's kind of old and outdated. I love that stuff. Oh. <laughs> I would throw at people all day long. No, you don't want Chris to be the the umpire in your in your game. We were throwing at people in Pony League when mm. kids were like thirteen <laughs> and fourteen, getting that signal. So I love that stuff. Uh, we have a few things coming in on the Instagram live feed. Uh, people are flipping out over Johnny Mag's Palm Springs Angels hat. That's something that we're getting. Uh, Andrew R Austin twenty two says, "Is that a Palm Springs Angels hat? He hasn't seen one probably since nineteen ninety two." And where did you score that? Can you answer that real quick? Yeah, at uh, Hat World and uh, Victoria Gardens in Rancho Cucamonga. I walked in there and immediately saw the LA Angels hat, the the one that looks exactly like the Dodgers hat, but with the red A. Yeah, the PCL. Yeah, it's a red A. looks just like the Dodger hat, blue hat. And I went, I need this. I don't care, $36, I'm buying it. Right underneath it, I saw this bad boy. And I went, nope, I need this one. So I bought this one first, Hat World at Victoria Gardens, and then I ended up going back a week later when I got some more money and bought the PCL Angels hat. So I've always had a lot of good compliments on this hat. It's a rare hat, I guess. Um, for those people who are old enough like me and Chris, we remember the Palm Springs Angels and uh, old spring training home of the Angels too. And just another comment, no, uh, nothing more than uh, you got a compliment here. Uh, Scott Sickles. Scott saying, Sickles. Scott Sickles says, oh, okay. love that beard. Oh, love thank you. Love that beard. <laughs> and yeah, I think he saw you in Rancho sometime. Really? So thank you, Scott, for that positive compliment. We'll take compliments like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I'll day. take them all day. Uh, you might need to get some of that uh, that beard oil that we Groom Goon. The, the commercial, you heard it. You Go to GroomGoon.com and at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON. You get 15% off your purchase and free shipping within the United States. So how about that? All right. Well, I, we got some fan mail. Here's a fan mail from, uh, he sent us an email last week. And his name is, um, I think his name is Mike Vigil. It's mvix218. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, reading my email from last week. Considering dropping the series in Seattle, we're still right in the mix. So I've been a longtime fan. And the reason I became an Angels fan was because my dad took me to my first MLB game at, at Yankee Stadium. Okay, and they played the Angels, and one guy smashed two home runs in the game, and that guy was Jack Howell. I know that name does not stick out to too much, too many Halo fans, but my question to you guys is, who is your one guy? Now, we are here at Halo Haven, the Curator's Museum of Angel Memorabilia. Curator wanted to share this with you, Mike. Uh, Jack Howell gave this to uh, to Chris. Chris's first autograph. 
You see here, God bless. Jack Howell right there. And I'll show it to the people on YouTube. Jack Howell autograph right there. I remember Jack Howell being just this really, just a strong dude. Um, so I remember Jack Howell myself. My one guy, my first favorite baseball player ever was Reggie Jackson when I was a little kid, probably four or five years old. My dad's favorite player was Reggie Jackson. My dad's a Yankee fan. And as soon as Reggie signed with the Angels, he was going to Angels games more than they were already were because my mom's an Angels fan. So my dad became more of an Angels fan when Reggie came over. And so my first favorite baseball player was Reggie Jackson. But my one guy has to be Tim Salmon. That's the first guy that I watched his first major league game, saw his whole career play out, and I watched his final major league game. Tim Salmon is my one guy, Mr. Angel, Mr. 299 career home runs. Um, holds almost every Angels offensive record that you could think of, most of them. Um, just a, a great guy. Every time I met him, he was more than happy to sign whatever I had for him, stop, take a picture with me. Um, I wore number 15 from the minute I was 12 years old when he made his major league debut till I played you know, my last game in college. I wore 15 for everything. So Tim Salmon is my one guy. Daniel? Yeah, that I saw that email come across too and then it, it, it had me start thinking. Um, you know, younger, I was a baseball fan in general. I wasn't really a Angel fan, Dodger fan, Padre, whatever. Like I was more just, it's on, I'm watching it kind of deal. But if you're gonna go what player that I I love watching as a kid? I would have to go. I know he's not an angel, but uh, Griffey was definitely when he was playing or when he had that home mm -hmm. run derby in Boston. And to me, it was like the fact that you had all these guys come up and they're hitting, and you know, then he comes up, turns the bat, the hat backwards, yeah. and just the the way he swung the bat, how smooth he was. I was like, this guy's awesome. Like, he's like Trout is now. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. Like. For me, it wasn't necessarily, oh, I have to pick an angel. Like, I, my, my, my biggest memory was like, oh, that dude is awesome. I remember, you know, back when they had baseball cards, you know, you would open a pack, you get, oh, okay, this guy, that guy. I remember one time I got a Griffey card, and I was just like, I pretty much just tossed all, all the rest of it away. And I was like, yeah, look at this, this and that. I'm like, that was like, you know, as a kid, that was my biggest kind of like, yeah, my biggest, uh, at the time, my biggest uh, memento that I had was, right. was, was the, a Griffey baseball card. But if you want to go back to like the Angels, I remember as a kid, I didn't go to a lot of games as a kid, but there was one game we went to. Um, we went to the game. It was my mom, my brother, and I. And we went and watched the game, and then we stayed after and tried to get an autograph as the players were going to their parking lot. You know, at the time, I didn't, I wasn't old enough to recognize faces and stuff like that. I just knew, oh, there's a player. And then when right. they come out, you know, oh, that's player, that's number whatever, that's number whatever. And so when you come out and they're wearing regular street clothes, I'm like, well, I don't know who, I don't that, know who is. that is. Yeah. yeah so, uh, you know, my mom, again, with two younger kids, with two young kids, calls the guy over. He comes over, you know, and he, she's trying to get him, just anyone to sign the front of the, front of the program. Well, this guy, she gives him the program. He flips open. I guess he had a picture of him in there, signed it, and, you know, said thank you, and walked away. Well, as I got older, I looked at him, I found it, I'm like, and that ended up being Troy Percival. Oh, nice. So, right. you know, as I got older and I realized, wow, that was Troy, that was so cool, and he stopped, and he took his time, and he signed for us, so... Ever since then, him being kind of, you know, a local boy was also yeah. really cool, too. So, 
you know, if it was an angel, I would definitely say the first guy I was like, wow, that's really cool was, was Troy Percival. Because at the time, like I said, I didn't know who he was. He just kind of stopped, opened the magazine up. There was a picture of him, like a full-length picture, signed it and gave that's it back awesome. to us. So, you know, for angels, I would say my first one was like, oh, that's cool, would be Troy Percival. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Chris, you want to chime in on this one? Dang, this is a hard question. I would have to first say my first uh, angel that I really liked was Brian Downing. Oh, yeah. The first time you interviewed me on the All Angels podcast before we, uh, you know, teamed up here um, with and had Daniel as a co-host, I talked about Dan, uh, Brian Downing. I ran on the Angels bus and Brian Downing was there on the steps, and I, I got an autograph from Brian Downing. Um, when I was a kid, though, Tim Salmon, of course, I think he was he's he was the Mike Trout of the, you know, Angels. The California yeah. Angels at that time. So I always remember him. My favorite non-angel and the number I usually wear is, I hate to say this, is Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones was always my Chipper. favorite player just right because on. he played third base. And I just like okay. the way he played it. He had his socks up and he played the game. Switch hitter too, the right? The right way. Power switch so hitter. Yeah. i big time Chipper Jones fan, even though it's a non-angel. And I hate to admit that, but uh, well, uh, it is what it is. And I also like Jeff Devannon. Jeff Devannon. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like wow. the well, the I, I have a lot of angel. I mean, you know me enough now, Chris, to know that I have this. My mind works weird. I, I remember like obscure angels, and I like guy. It's weird. It, all they took was maybe one play for me to like a guy. So I had like this fascination with like Rene Gonzalez, like Gonzo. Yeah, like who remembers Rene Gonzalez? Well, I do. Uh, Another guy, uh, Luis Polonia, was like my favorite guy before Tim Salmon came up. You know, it was like there was a brief period of time where there was really nobody on the Angels team that was really a superstar, but Luis Polonia was probably the best player on the team. Yeah, Luis Polonia, Junior Felix at the top of your lineup. Von Hayes, you know. But uh, worse than you, I think, my favorite non-Angel baseball player, and he's probably my favorite baseball player aside from any other angel, it's Derek Jeter. My dad's a huge Yankee fan guy. My dad's 75 years old, so he's an older man. There was no Major League Baseball when he was a kid out here. <laughs> so he would go to PCL Angels games. I have programs my, my dad gave me that I still have. Uh, but um, he, uh, he chose a team to listen to on the radio, and it was the Yankees. And when the Dodgers came over, he decided that he wasn't going to be a Dodger fan. He was a stick to the Yankees. So he's been a Yankee fan his whole life. So, you know, when obviously the Angels weren't in the playoffs in the mid-90s, the Yankees sure were. And I was a fan. So Derek Jeter is my favorite baseball player aside from. I remember, too, like when I was a kid and we did and we played, um, you know, Little League. Whatever team I was that year, you. I was like, yeah, all right. So like, I remember one year. I'm we, Cal Ripken. Yeah, yeah. One year we were the Marlins. I'm like, oh, I'm Gary Sheffield. Watch me, like with the whole exactly. And and as a kid, that's what kind of stood out to me. It was like, wow, look how look how that batting stance or how that swing is different than everyone. So, you know, the Gary Sheffield stood out to me right away, and how he was always had a pointing pretty much back at the pitcher. Yeah. So. You know, as a kid, it was like, oh, okay, one year I'm on the Marlins. Oh, yeah, the Marlins. I'm, I'm my favorite players, favorite team is the Marlins. Next year I'm on the Tigers. Okay, my favorite team now is the Tigers kind of deal. So I remember always like, loving baseball and then just kind of, you know, yeah. whatever whatever players in, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not till you know, when I got older and I was able to follow it better, um, you know, because it's harder back then because they didn't have the internet. You didn't know what the hell was going on. You would have to rely on this week in baseball. Newspapers, know? too. Yeah. This week in baseball. 
Uh, so another email that I haven't read yet, and this is from Daniel Ortega. And a quick shout out first. We have a listener, and I read his email his email earlier, and his name is Duncan Healy. Thank you, Duncan, for listening to us from all the way in Dead Horse, Alaska. Um, that's insane that, that there's somebody listening to us in Alaska. So, Duncan, thank you. This email here is from Daniel Ortega. He says, hi, guys. Great show. Was browsing my iTunes for podcasts and found you. Hey, Angel's podcast is right up my alley. So, I also looked you guys up on YouTube. What's up if you're listening, we're looking at us on YouTube. And I love the studio. So is it a museum? Like man, museum like man cave? I would love to see an actual tour of the place. Awesome place. Keep keep it up, guys. You have a listener in me. So shout out to Daniel Ortega. I like to call this a museum. Uh, and I gave Chris the nickname the curator because he is a curator of this museum. There's a lot of cool stuff in here that uh, Chris has accumulated, man. And... Uh, there's, if you're a fan of memorabilia and especially a fan of the angels, there's probably something in here for you um, that you would probably be like, oh, this is amazing. His bobblehead collection is insane. The stadium seats that he has in the corner of the room, and maybe we'll do a, a podcast from that yeah. side of the room later, uh, is, is something I always wanted that I've never been able to pick up. Uh, He's got like six of them there. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff in here. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube or have been watching on YouTube, um, you know, go back to the 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 ones from the last couple of weeks. You'll see the the wallpaper, the Angel Stadium wallpaper from the last one. And if you're watching this one now, you'll see the the lockers um, oh, with, I, the, with the jerseys. I don't wear this at one time, but it was too hot. And so you know, today. maybe eventually we'll rotate over to where, like, like John was saying, to the stadium seat. So, you know, eventually I'm sure, especially going into the next season, um, we'll do enough uh, podcasts with the with YouTube as a simulcast that you'll be able to see the the whole setup that way. But yeah, definitely feels like a museum with uh, a lot of the older bobbleheads, a lot of the older you know little figurines and and giveaways stuff like that. But yeah, the stadium giveaways to me are like my favorite things because it reminds me of because there's a lot of stuff that chris has here that i remember getting as a kid and man. i can't find it now yeah and you're like <laughs> oh man i had that and it's crazy because chris has a lot of stuff here i have a lot of stuff as well but this is totally too like he it's crazy like right it's 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 awesome that that it's here and it's you know we're able to i'm able to come here once a week and be like oh this is cool you know and so I appreciate Chris. Thank you for doing this, man. This is amazing. Uh, and the the good news, guys, is as the temperatures start to lower, oh, it feels we might even do too. a podcast. I'm thinking in the bus. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the bus is something that um, it's quite legendary. It's never been out on the actual road. It's never been to Angel Stadium, but it's on the side of side of the house. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Daniel remembers when we first got it and what it looked like. But we can do what we're gonna do a podcast oh, from awesome. inside the bus. I got a text from Chris. And hopefully to do some podcasts actually out on location again, spring training, sixty uh, sixers game, all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah, on the spot. So looking forward to a whole new season. Uh, this is just the beginning. Uh, looking forward to uh, All Angels podcast slash Halo Haven Wiffle Ball tournament. Oh heck this yeah! This is something that Daniel and I and also Brian Sherman. Uh, discussed about a season or two ago, but we're looking to have a charity wiffle ball tournament. Um, competitive. Uh, we talked about evoking memories yeah. of childhood. 
Uh, Daniel talked about you know being on the Marlins, thinking about Gary Sheffield. We're gonna we're gonna do some epic backflips out there. <laughs> oh. We're gonna go yard. We're gonna wear jerseys. We're gonna be big kids. We're gonna eat big league chew. Uh, we're just gonna have a fun time. So it'll be uh, that's something in the works. We'll let you know more about that. We'll have an ad maybe on one of uh, the upcoming All Eagles podcasts. For sure, for sure. That's that's some oh, dude, the wiffle ball tournament. That yeah, I'm gonna be imitating a bunch of old. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the. The Wally Joiner. Yeah. We might have to get the batting stance guy. I yeah, get, yeah, I really know, right? Yeah, we'll get him over here, man. We'll give him, give I don't him know a how much he charges, but <laughs> can't be too much. Right, chip in a few bucks here and there. We'll get him over here. Do a couple of uh, uh, batting stances for us. But anyway, that, I mean, other than that, Daniel, anything else you want to touch on real quick? No, just, um, you know, we'll be here next Thursday, and that will be the end of the Cleveland series. So we'll see Ooh. how... You know, that's going to be a big one for the Angels to see, you know, if they get swept, then, you know, that can very easily put them out of it. So it's going to be interesting at this point next week just to see where the Angels are going to be um, position-wise in the wild card. Yeah, it's, it's going to kind of tell us where we're headed. Um, but, all right, well, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, shout out again to Chris Carrier Johnson for Halo Haven. us, yep. Yep. Uh, shout out to... Uh, uh spreaker.com uh groomgoon.com groomgoon.com uh but no itunes search all angels podcast google play search all angels podcast youtube search all angels podcast email email at all angels podcast at gmail.com all angels podcast at gmail.com where can they find us on social media networks uh, halo underscore haven is both the twitter and the instagram so at or um Halo underscore Haven is, is, again, both the Instagram and the Twitter handle. Awesome. So that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. We'll catch you guys next Thursday from the same location, same time. Catch you guys next week. You all have a great rest of the week, and go Halos. Some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.